Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Extra the Podcast. I'm Melvin Robert. Thank you so much for joining us. This week, Jada Pinkett Smith reveals the moment that she knew she'd never leave husband Will Smith's side. Then, Bachelor Nation's Tyler Cameron gets real about rooming with Vanderpump Rules star Tom Sandoval on the series Special Forces. Plus, Selling Sunset's Amanda Smith explains why she's so grateful to be alive after surviving a life-threatening spinal infection. But first, Cher is making sweet music once again after 10 years. And she spent the afternoon with Extra, where she opened up about her 37-year-old boyfriend who swept her off her feet. Plus, the music legend candidly shares her feelings about Britney Spears' time under her dad's control. Sure, I'm just going to start with that and get it over with because you look so amazing. Thank you. And beyond your natural beauty, everybody always wants to know, what's the secret? And just staring at you, you're gorgeous, you look amazing. What, what's, the, what's, the, what's the secret? My mom. My mom's the secret, okay? My, my mom is like, well, my mom's just passed away, but she was amazing. She was flirting with Obama at 80 years old. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you kind of learned from her and for lots of things. You're still, right. you're still fun yourself. <laughs> no, my mom was hardcore, you know, she was not like women of her time. So, and her, she, her friends were not like women of her time either. So it gave me a different perspective. Sure, that's why you're timeless and and all that, so. My mom used to say, if you don't pay attention to age, it won't pay attention to you, but I kind of didn't buy that, but whatever, it seems to be working. Whatever you're doing is working just fine. <laughs> Talk about this album, because you've, you've done it all, obviously, and you've won so many things and so many accolades and so many years of, of special stuff. Why a holiday record now? Why did it take so long? Because I never wanted to do one. 
And then, I don't know, it, this must be the right time because I was asked forever, you know, from starting from Sunny and Cher days. But um, I, I don't know, I just never, just never felt right to me. And then I got to do what I wanted, which is kind of very, it's a very strange Christmas album. It's kind of, you know, like all the tracks are their own little islands, mm -hmm. you know? Nothing seems to go together, but when you hear it, it seems like it, it works. The best albums are like that sometimes, yeah. Really well done. And talk about working with Alexander on the Drop Top Sleigh Ride song, because he actually yeah. worked on that one with you, right? right. So it's such a fun song. It's already, everyone I'm talking to, it's already a lot of people's favorite song. Yeah, no, I, I love it. It's, it might be my favorite song, but it's just so, it also, it's like, no one is gonna think of me with that song somehow. And then when T comes on, everybody's like, what is this, you know? <laughs> but, um, but he wanted to, you know, and I thought Alexander was gonna, like, they're best friends, but I thought he was gonna have to like twist T's arm. Right. And, but then Alexander said, no, he heard it. And he said, I wanna do it. So great. Everyone's loved seeing you guys together. Talk about the anniversary and how great this last year has been and how happy you are right now. Well, I, I'm, you know, I hate to talk about how happy I am, but um, no, you know, we have a great time together. We can talk music. That's one thing I really love about like sitting outside, looking at the ocean and talking about music and, you know, what everyone's doing or what, you know, what his ideas are, or he brought me some songs that were amazing. And, and just, we can talk about everything. He's got a great sense of humor. He's got the cutest son in the world ever. And um, we just get each other. Also, he's, we have the same kind of sense of humor and we just have a good time. And you're so funny and cool, so I'm sure he has to be the same way. Yeah. <laughs> no, so he's great. great. Yeah. He's a little bit more obviously shy than I am. He's kind of reserved, a little bit reserved. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at your fashion here, and I'm thinking of all your different, everyone loves talking about your fashion as well, and you must, must see your influence even on kids today at Coachella and their outfits and stuff like that. How much do you enjoy seeing your influence on fashion to probably every day you I like it I think it's great it seems to be it's fun to be relevant in in certain ways you know mm -hmm. it's like like sometimes I'm talking to him and he has no idea who I'm talking about you know like people that I used to like look up to and then like I said something the other, other day and I went because sometimes I'll say something he goes I don't know who that is so the other day I said, do you know who, I don't know, Clark Gable. I don't know, somebody went, yes, of course. But most of, most of my references, you know, are he'll look at me and go, I wasn't born yet. Right, right, that's great, that's great. But do you remember certain fashions stick out more than others? Or do you, do you have a collection? I know you've shown things and things have been auctioned and all that over the years, but do you have certain special ones that you always remember you'll always keep? Certain dresses or certain outfits? Well, like what? Like certain things from, from your Sunny and Sure show, certain special outfits or Bob oh, Mackie yes, dresses. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Certain Mackie I mean, ones I, you'll never lose. Yeah, no, I have them in the vintage wear. Yeah. But um, yes, and there's some that I wish I'd kept, and some that disappeared, and then some that I auctioned. But I think that 
I would have kept more. They weren't my favorites, though. I've kept my favorites. And then I see them on everybody. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about uh, the loss of Tina Turner that we all felt. I know you were close with her. Just what she meant to you, and I know she gave you a special gift, if you can talk about that a little bit. Well, we had, we had kind of a special relationship because both of us were younger when we were married and both of our husbands were pretty much the boss. Like I didn't have like the stuff she had with, with Ike and I could see it the first time she did my show, she was with Ike and it was a completely different Tina, you know? Very, I mean, on stage, like crazy, but then afterwards, not so much. And, and Sonny wasn't the same way, except he was very much the boss, you know, and wasn't too interested in my opinions about anything. So, so she just wanted to know, you know, how did I leave? And I said, well, I just walked out. And we, we were just, we've been friends over the years, you know? I think anybody who sings next to her, though, is committing suicide. And yet I still did it, but I just always thought, oh my God, show this is a nightmare. I hope it's over soon. Wow. Well, that's when I get your take on Brittany. You've been supportive of her in the past. Yes. Just any message to her about her, what's going on, and she, her book's out, so everyone's talking to Brittany. I know you've supported her. Strongly. Because I, you know, I think that, I don't think it was right what her father did because it seemed to serve him, you know, no matter what she, the help that she needed and needs, if she, you know, if she's still needing it, I hear things, but no matter what, you just don't, you love your children and sometimes you have to step in, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes you have to step in because they're ch your children until you're gone, you know? My mom used to call my sister and I the kids, and I went, Mom, I'm 70. <laughs> so, um, but I didn't like it. So I wanted to let her know that I was watching and I was listening. And when we, when we were in Las Vegas, everybody on the Strip knew. We just didn't know how deep it was, but we knew something was really not right. And you could tell, you know, everyone would say, oh, she's medicated and, but just not enough to not be able to work. And I mean, you know, when people talk, they multiply things, but I knew there was a certain basis, you know, there was that grain of truth in it. So it bothered me. Yeah, yeah, well, good that you spoke out. And lastly, something nice, just your message of peace and love. Things are, a lot of things going on in the world right now. You have this wonderful holiday album that people are gonna embrace and have during the holidays. If you can just share your message to everyone during this, this season, because there's a lot, of, a lot of craziness like always. Well, how do you mean? Just in terms of your, your wishes for the world maybe this season, because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of anxiety right now. Well, I mean, saying peace is, you know, it doesn't seem, it's not enough but it seems to me that people forget that like to put themselves, if you were doing this to someone else's family or if you weren't thinking about the people that you're supposed to be helping or your constituents or people who are different religion or live, you know, like in the Middle East, it seems like everything is always insane. It's just 
boils over every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's always on, you know, it's always, there's always some undercurrent. But so I, and also there's so much to be done. You know, there's so much to be done. Like, and all the way, all the ways our country is changing and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. But there are lots of people who are trying to make it better. But mm -hmm. it's like you're always pushing against, pushing against. And this is the worst time. I mean, look, I've lived a long time. I've, I never thought this was gonna happen. I never thought we would be in the hounds of these people, that the people like this could have control over our destiny. So um, I don't know what's gonna happen, but it's not, it, it's like, I know that if these people stay in office or if he gets into office, we will have a hard time keeping our constitution mm -hmm. and our democracy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. But the, the beauty is we have you, we have Cher. No, but also <laughs> have you, have to, you have to keep going and you have to not let your life, you know, it's like, don't let someone dim your light. You just have to keep, you have to not think about what's actually going on. You have to think about what you can do to change what's going on. Well said. That's something everyone should learn and do. I agree. Yeah. Thank you. You're the best. This is so much fun. Okay, Congrats thank on you. the album. Really thank special. You. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cher's new album Christmas is out now. Well, you've seen the headlines, the secret separation, what really happened after the Oscar slap. Jada Pinkett-Smith has been making one confession after another lately. Now Jada is going even deeper with extras Carlos Greer, opening up about whether she has any regrets and what made her realize she'll never leave Will's side. All right, so Jada, yes. before we dive into all the headlines right. that you've been making, right. I have to ask you, what would Grandmother Marion think about this book? She would love it. Mm -hmm. My grandmother would love it. She would be so proud of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she would go, see, I told you. you do anything you put your mind to. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of revelations in this book. The right. one that everybody's obviously talking about is that you and Will have been separated for seven years. Mm -hmm. Does it feel like a huge weight has been lifted off your shoulders now that the truth is out? Yeah, and I think... Also just, I think how it was set up, the idea that we were separated for seven years and that we're like still apart. After the Oscars, we made our way back, you know? And I think that piece has been left out of the narrative and I stop in the book at the Oscars. <laughs> but um, we needed that time. You know. well, well, clear that up, because I think a lot of people are confused because you've said yourself, divorce is off the table. Divorce is off the table. We are life partners. You're life partners. Yeah. So why uh, tell the public now? Because I couldn't tell my story without talking about that part. I couldn't tell my journey to self-worth without adding that part, because that was a big part. 
right? I really needed to separate, to find myself again, right? And that was, a, that was nobody's fault. That's on me. And so I needed that time to mature. I needed that time to see relationships and life a little differently. And so that is, that was, that's a huge part of my journey. It's no way I could have left that out. Right. Well, I'm going to ask you this. So you write about a question that you asked. It was a very important and transformative question that you asked Ruby D. Oh, yeah. About her marriage to Ozzy Davis. Yes. So I'm going to ask you the exact same question about yours. Mm -hmm. Do you regret it? And if you could go back and do it differently, would you? I regret nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, what you realize is that the journey presents itself exactly how you need it. And that's what I've learned. You know, we think that when life gets tough or we have challenges that we're not worthy or something's wrong with us as if we're not supposed to be challenged in life. But it's the challenges where we find our greatest selves and without them, we won't. And that part is what I had to learn throughout, you know, throughout my journey. Now, Jada, your husband will, well, I mean, are you, you even call him your husband. Listen, you what can call him my husband, you can call him my life partner, you can call him my best friend, call him whatever you want, whatever works for you. What do you, what do you guys call each other now? I call him my life partner, okay. you know, it just, to me, it's a more expansive definition than what I came into the marriage with around the idea of husband. And I want to just see Will expansively, mm -hmm. you know? Well, Will, he released, released a statement to the New York Times where he said that when he read Worthy, it really woke him up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having lived living with someone for half of his life, he was emotionally blind. Is he still emotionally blind? No. no. That's the whole thing. Like, that's been the beautiful part of this second half of our journey yeah. is that We've really done a lot of hard work together, but really good deep work together. And now we started off codependent. We had to find our independence in order to come back in an interdependent way, right? And being able to see one another's point of view and really respect and love each other there. You know, and let me tell you something. Sometimes it just, it's a journey, man. You know, I don't know what to tell you. That's what it is. Well, Jada, one of the most difficult things that you had to write about in this book was losing your friend, your soulmate, Tupac Shakur. Right. And you write about the day that Suge Knight delivered his ashes to you. Right. And I could feel your rage yeah. on that page. What can you tell us about that day? Well, I want to tell you two things, because I know on the Internet, there's been a whole lot about me calling Pac my soulmate. And I think people regard soulmate just in a romantic way, you know, and soulmates aren't just romantic. Right. Because as you read in the book, exactly. Pac and I were not romantic, but he is a soulmate. I know I will see him again. Right. And so, um, yeah. Having to receive um, Pac's ashes in that way was uh, was a was a really devastating moment. I'll put it like that. To just get him in this little cardboard box, um, and yeah, I was I was very rageful about the whole thing, about everything. Well, you write that he was sort of cavalier. Mm -hmm. about how he delivered it and, he was. And, and yeah and did that make you think that he was somehow 
involved. Let me tell you something. One thing I've learned, not to make assumptions. Lord knows so many assumptions have been made about me of what people think they know front-facing. Um, and there's always more to the story, so I can't make assumptions. Right. You have a chapter in your book. It's called The Holy Joke. The Holy Joke. The Holy Slap. The Holy Slap. And The Holy Lesson. Holy Lesson. And of course, The Holy Slap is about what happened at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. So what was the holy lesson that you learned from that night? I learned many, many lessons from that night. So many. And so many lessons that came after that night. Um, how people responded. Um, also, me realizing that that was the moment that I knew that I would never leave Will's side. After all those years of thinking that I would, after all those years of thinking, I'm going to get divorced, I'm going to get a legal separation, da-da-da-da-da. The Oscar night and having to go through such an emotional crisis in that way, immediately I knew I would never leave Will's side no matter what. And I didn't go in there as his wife, but I was leaving that as his wife. So, it showed me that love can conquer all, but not the romantic kind. And that's the difference, that idealistic, romanticized love. It's like when you are willing to meet your relationship, meet your partner in the reality of what life is, right? That's where you can find authentic love. Right. Where are you today with your authentic love? Now that the book is out, now that people are talking about it, how strong are you now? Just as me personally? You personally, but you and Will's bond. Oh my God, we are so, we are like... <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Uh -huh. You know, he's been on this, he's been on this journey with me. Yeah. And we don't plan on leaving each other's side. You don't give up yeah. on people. And that's the thing we always knew. Yeah. Jada, people have such a reaction to you when it comes to Will. Like you said, people blamed you for that Oscar slap. And even if you read the comments now, yep. um, why do you think that when it comes to Will anyway, that people take everything you say and do so personally? You know, this is part of the problem with, and this is why I wrote the book, it's almost like women don't have permission to speak on their journey, right? If it's a, a story that they feel like is going to disrupt, you know, how people want to believe about a man, then a woman needs to shut up and take a back seat. And that is a problem, you know? And I think it's something that, you know, we as women, we have to have a lot of courage to, um, you know, to speak our piece. And we always have permission to share our journeys. And this is not a tell-all. Yeah. This is not a tell-all. Well, you told a lot. <laughs> I, well, see, it seems like a lot yeah. to you guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What I know is that it ain't. <laughs> right? And so, but it's not a tell-all. Yeah. This is my journey. And Will's a part of that journey. Right? right? But he's not all of the journey. He's just a small part of it and one once people get the book they'll see that it's just that that's the that's the thing mm -hmm. that gets the 
more, you know, spicy headlines. Of course. And, you know, it is your journey. Um, let's talk about the Red Table Talk. Right. So there's rumors that Red Table Talk is coming back. Where are we with that? It, we are in the talks. Okay. So I can't tell, I can't say much. Right. <laughs> but yeah, we're planning on coming back next year. Will we get another sit down with you and Will? Possibly. Mm -hmm. I know Will and I are talking about writing a book. Together. Called, yeah, together. Mm -hmm. Called Don't Try This at Home. Okay. And what, what is, the, what is, what oh, is that? Oh, you have to wait. <laughs> you have to wait for that one. All right. So just real quick. So the Red Table Talk, when you did appear on Red Table Talk with Will, you wanted to clear everything up about what you described as an entanglement with yep. August Alcina. You refer to him as your entanglee <laughs> in the book. So take me back to that moment. Mm -hmm. You wanted to do this yourself, and then Will stepped in, and you weren't aligned. Well, I think we were, and then we got to the table. And what we got to see was a dynamic between us. Um, I think Will just wasn't ready, but I was. I was ready. I was ready to just pull it all, put it all out there and dismantle everything. Right. And it was kind of an ego death for me. It was like that start of like, whatever anybody thinks about any of this, we're going to dismantle that right now. But I also had to recognize my codependency, my martyrdom. So it was two things happening. I was moving forward and backwards at the same time. And so what that table revealed to me was a place that needed a lot of healing in me. Yeah. And so I'm really, you know, like I say in the book, what have I changed that day? Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> have you healed? I have. Mm -hmm. I'm healing. You're I've healing. healed a lot. Okay. You know, but you, you never get to an arrived. Right. Yeah. And Jada, last question. Do you feel worthy? I feel so worthy, finally. Right on. Finally. Thank you, Ms. Pinkett Smith. Thank you Thank very you so much. much. Jada's book, Worthy, is out now. Now to this. Bachelor Nation's Tyler Cameron is switching things up in the reality game. He's starring alongside JoJo Siwa and Bachelor Nation's Nick Vile on the hit series Special Forces. I sat down with Tyler and he revealed what he's learned about himself while doing the show, what he thought about his roommate, Vanderpump Rules star Tom Sandoval, and of course, his thoughts on The Golden Bachelor. And joining us now is Tyler Cameron from Special Forces. What's up, man? Always good to see you. Great to see you. Great to be here. So what made you want to do this? This is crazy. You know, I thought it was honestly going to be a vacation. It was going to be a break away from what I do down in Jupiter. And I was like, this ain't going to be that hard. I saw it on TV. I was wrong. So you knew I what you wrong. were getting into. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's just TV. It's Hollywood. No, it's the real deal. Like, they really put you through the grind. Through, I mean, it's 17 hours of grind. And it was something I never expected to be that in-depth and that difficult. It blew me away. What surprised you the most? It's just you're on edge 24-7. There's like you don't breathe. Like you're always just like working, thinking, like you're just waiting, like even when you're chilling, DS, like the staff is you're like waiting for them to come in any minute and like shake things up, you know. So it's like you never get a time to relax. So like that's probably like part of the mental grueling process of it that made it so difficult. Was there ever a moment throughout the process that you were like, dude, this is too much. I gotta tap out. There was definitely some times I got really in my head and I, I, I would get in my book and I'd write, you know, all the negative thoughts. I'd get them all out and that would help me feel better. But there was some, I was like, why am I here? I could be on a beach somewhere. Like, <laughs> I'm already paid. Like, they pay you up front. They don't, you don't get nothing for winning, you know? Right. 
So like, I'm already paid. I could be drinking margarita <laughs> somewhere and chilling out, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. What were some of the things that you would write down? It was just like, like feeling sorry for myself. I'd write down those negative thoughts and, and get them out, you know? And, and that helped me kind of get them out of my head because mm -hmm. I was literally like, try to think of something positive, but then I think of something negative. Mm -hmm. And then like, I just got into like, a bad spiral and that would yeah. help me get that out of my head. And you, look, you're no stranger to hard work. You played college football. Mm -hmm. You know about discipline and sacrifice exactly. and putting in that work. So to hear you say that this was tough, is something. Yeah, no, I mean, I saw, you know, Hannah Brown do well. I saw Carly Lloyd do well. I was like, oh, you know, they can do it. I can do it. They're, they're, they're bad to the bone. They're, <laughs> I mean, they're the real deal for doing all that they did. You know, yeah. they, they, they completed it last year and uh, it gave me a whole another respect, like level of respect for them. Did you talk to anybody that was on the show previously? No. So you went into it just watching I mean, it and then doing it? I spoke to Hannah a little bit, you yeah. know, like just like in talking, but not even like when I was like thinking about the show. She just told me about how hard it was. Uh, so then I remember, like, yeah, Hannah said it was the hardest thing she ever done. I was like, oh, but that's Hannah. I, you know, I play football. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. She was right. Yeah, she yeah. was right. And, and she's so tough. And I just, like, like I said, so much more respect for them. Yeah. So throughout the process, your roommate was Tom Sandoval. Mm -hmm. Of course, it was the story of the summer was Scandoval. Yep. Were you yep. following it? Did you know? So I knew a little bit. I mean, the whole world knew, I feel like. Yeah. You know, and so, like, I would see all of my Instagram, uh, especially because I follow Andy Cohen. So that was all the talk. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I, I was like, I was always ears. I was listening to it, hearing about it, because he would talk about it, and it was very interesting hearing it from his side and everyone else's questions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then, what did you learn about him? You know, it, it, what he did was very wrong. You know, like it's to me that's like the biggest sin there is is just is cheating and lying to your your spouse or your partner. Um, and so, you can never you know rebuke that. But like, he he's. He's someone that needs redemption. He needs another chance, you know. Um, like, I got to see a true, real, raw Tom, and Tom gave his all to all of us, you know, and gave his all to the show. And anything Tom does, I'll give it his credit, he does a thousand percent, you know. Um, so Tom does live in Tom's world, though, you know, and sometimes he's not aware of it, people around him, and that's where I think mistakes can be made. But um, Tom really gave his all on this show, and I think when you see this show, you see a different view and perspective of every single person after watching it. Mm -hmm. Somebody else I know you grew close to throughout this process was, was Nick Vile. Yep. You didn't really know each other prior yeah. to the, this experience, mm -hmm. yeah? Even though you were both in the Bachelor world. Yeah, we're in the Bachelor world, and like I got to know him a little bit when I first came out the show, and then he kind of said some things about us in the media, so I was like, man, screw Nick, you know? And then <laughs> once I got on the show, I even told him, I was like, you know, I really came on the show like not liking you. And uh, then once I got to know him and like share where we're coming from and what we're experiencing in this process, we really open up to each other a lot and are there for each other a lot. And so I think we gained a whole different type of respect for each other and now we're, we're good buddies. I feel like going through this type of experience with other people would really bond you because it's yeah. so intense. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I mean, it was like being in the locker room again. You know, I felt like I had my team again, the camaraderie, all my people. Uh, it, was, it was amazing and it's something that you miss when you're not in team sports anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, Jojo, I know you're friends with her as well. Mm -hmm. you, I've heard you say she hosts viewing parties and yeah. you hang with her. Yeah, we got a viewing party to go to tonight. Oh, it's tonight? Gonna, yeah, yeah. Nice. It's gonna be epic. Uh, but yeah, Jojo is so funny. She's 20 years old, right? <laughs> and she, I think, is like one of the most impactful people on this show because of the way she led and the way she kept us in check. Like, she's 20 year olds telling 40, 50 year olds, myself, 30 year olds, hey, button up this, do this, do that, because if not, we're gonna get in trouble. And so she was so, important to all of our success on the show. If somebody asked you to do this again, what would you say? 
immediately after the show, heck no. <laughs> heck no. <laughs> but now that the show's come and passed and it's been some time, I'd give it another go. You would. But let's go somewhere a little bit warmer this time. <laughs> that cold is just brutal. Yeah. Um, so outside of this, speaking of warm, you're from Florida. Yep. You just bought a house. Yep. And you're doing some renovating. I saw that on the ground. Yep. What's that experience been like? Yeah, it's been great. You know, like I just got back in the construction world. I did like the last year, I've probably done about 10, 11 houses. So I've been on the grind with that. Um, but this one, I'm excited because I'm really going to broadcast it with everybody and share it on social media and, and kind of go through each room with everybody. You know, I started the places that I, I enjoy the most. My garage turned into a gym. And then right next door is the outdoor patio. I'm always out there hanging out. So those are the first two spots. But next, we're going to go upstairs. I'm working with a great designer, Gailey Alex. And we're going to do like my offices and a podcast room and, and fun things like that. Nice, man. Speaking of the gym, we see you when they're hitting those weights. Yep. Putting yep. in that work. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And that's in your gym that you built. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always been a, a dream of mine to have my own gym. So I, I finally got a good space for it, and, and we get after all the boys come over. We all get after it. It's a lot of fun. Is it ever hard to, to motivate to work out? Are there days where you feel like you don't want to do it? Yeah, I mean, there's days where I sit there and I look at my shoes. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to put these things on, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think a great way to combat that is getting the right people around you, getting people that also want to want to go forward and go farther. And, and I got buddies that, you know, come over all the time and train. And so that makes it really hard for me to say no. Mm -hmm. so accountability is huge. Nice. When you reflect back on your experience on Special Forces, what did you learn about yourself going through that process? Yeah, I, I, Special Forces was fantastic in the sense that brought out a lot of wounds that I still had that were open and that I didn't really heal correctly from. You know, losing my mother three years ago was really tough. And I learned through this, this show and with the staff that I have never healed from that correctly. Mm. And you see me discuss that and talk about that. And I mean, you get, full, I've never cried so much and you get a lot of that here. Like I said, the show strips you down to the real raw you. And uh, so about that and then about, you know, one thing I wanted to learn from the show was if I still had my edge. Mm -hmm. Played football, competed you know, at a high level. I want to see if I could get that edge back. And, and now, I mean, I take what I've learned from there and that regiment and that discipline, and I brought it back home, and I'm back training hard again and, and really pushing myself like I was on that show. When you say edge, what do you mean? Just like that, 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 that demeanor, the, the regiment, the discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's easy to live a comfortable life and kick back and eat and, and drink, you know, and do all that stuff. And, you know, um, but I wanted to get back to the grind. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of a good kickstart to get me there, and, and I've been on it now ever since. Mm -hmm. What was that moment you mentioned, you know, realizing that you hadn't processed, you know, the grieved, you know, enough about the lose, uh, losing your mom? What was that moment on the show when you realized that? You know, when, when the staff first brings me in, they don't know who you are. They don't know what your background truly is. So they start, you know, picking and picking and asking questions, and they got to, you know, that point in my life when my mom passed, and it just out of nowhere started choking me up. And, you know, they knew, like, I knew right away that there's still a lot of, you know, healing that needs to be done. And then, you know, we did more exercises later on that proved that I got a lot of work to do still here. Yeah, man, it's tough to lose somebody like that. I remember just following you on Instagram and the beautiful post, you know, that you would share about her. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I can imagine that's just excruciating. Yeah, no, but, you know, it's, it's something to learn from and something I can work on now. And, and you know, but we're doing our best to honor her. We, uh, I started a foundation in her name. Uh, this past year, we gave away uh, our $175,000 worth of scholarships wow. in honor of her and in her name. So 
We have a gala coming up in two weeks, and we're going to be doing the same thing, raising money and giving away scholarships. Was your mom a teacher? She wasn't a teacher, but she was everyone's tutor right, okay. and team mom. She yeah. was like, I'd be gone away from college, and all my friends would be at the house getting, you know, ACT tutoring, or she'd be feeding them, getting yeah. them, doing whatever she could to help them get to college. Special lady, and you're carrying her legacy. That's, that's awesome. That's the goal. Uh, I also know you have a connection to the Golden Bachelor. Not to him, but to the some of the contestants on the show. To Miss Patty James. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bummer she got eliminated. Yeah. You know, I would have loved to have seen more of her. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, it's been great to watch this show. It's kind of a different taste and spin. I feel like it's more uh, innocent and there's not as much fighting and drama. It's pure almost in a yeah. sense, you know, and I think a lot of people have enjoyed the switch up. Mm -hmm. um, finally. I, one of these days, would like to come and eat with you and Matt. Coma? Dude, come on. I want to come because you all eat the best looking food. Yep. You always share it out. I always have FOMO. <laughs> you got to bring your stretchy pants. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm bring down. Stretchy I love pants, food. Yeah. Big old shirt. We're going to eat. You <laughs> okay. Know? So, yeah, hey, anytime. You just say the word. That's great because you have you guys, do you still have your foundation? Yeah, yeah uh, Matt does the food tours and, yeah. you know, takes kids around the city and uh, you got to come join us for one of those. It's a lot to. of fun. Do you only do that in New York? Uh, right. Sometimes he does them out here, okay. um, but mainly in New York, yes. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. Hey, Always thank good you. to see you. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Catch Special Forces airing Mondays on Fox. Selling Sunset star Amanda Smith is getting ready for the new season of her hit show. I caught up with Amanda who explained why she's so grateful to be alive after surviving a life-threatening spinal infection that nearly killed her. Take a listen. And joining us now is Amanda Smith from Selling Sunset. It's good to see you. Hi, how are you? Hi. So I want to start here. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? After the health scare. Yeah. I'm still recovering. I'm slower than I used to be. Everything hurts. Mm. Um, I'm still on a lot of medication, so that's like kind of getting redundant. But um, very grateful to be alive and just working through all the kinks now with my new spine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, physical therapy and, you know. So what happened? Because I was reading you were at Mary Fitzgerald's house helping to decorate and then? We were just having a normal girls' night. I mean, this it has nothing to do with like what was actually going on, but that's when it was just like a normal night. I woke up the next day um, and I couldn't get out of bed like I couldn't step onto my feet because my back was just in so much pain um, and that took that went on for about a month like off and on like just really like 
kind of limping around and not really knowing what was up. I thought, okay, I'm in my mid 40s, <laughs> like my back's gone out. <laughs> I was like, it's time. Yeah. I'm getting old. Yeah. Um, went to the emergency room once before I was actually admitted, and they did a scan and told me I was having a back spasm. Oh. And so they sent me home with steroids, muscle relaxers, and like some really strong ibuprofen. That helped for a bit, and then it got exponentially worse to the point where I couldn't walk. Um, for two days, I literally crawled on my hands and knees to go to the bathroom, um, and my friend had come over to help me take care of the kids. She was like, you're going to the hospital tomorrow. If you're not ready by 9.30 a.m., calling the ambulance, this is ridiculous, you're in so much pain. So I went, they did a scan, and they admitted me, and I was there for 31 days because, come to find out, I had a severe blood infection that had turned to osteomyelitis, which is when it attacks the bone. And so it was sitting on my vertebrae and literally just deteriorating my vertebrae. And so they told me, had I waited one or two more days, I might not be here to be talking about this. Um, yeah, it was so severe. So I was in the hospital 31 days, two major spine surgeries, a couple of blood transfusions. I had a really tough time, but um, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> I just have a bit of titanium in my spine now and some screws and rods and um, grateful to be here. But yeah, it was definitely a whirlwind of a summer. And I can only imagine too how scary that must have been for you as a mother with children. Yeah, um, I mean, fortunately I didn't really know. They keep you informed in the hospital just enough to kind of tell you what they're doing to you, what medications and what procedures, but I wasn't even fully aware of how severe it was until I was released. And then when they told me, you know, like I had almost passed away a couple of times, like it was really, I'm still sort of processing everything. It's been a few months now that I've been out, but it's like, yeah, really eye-opening as far as um, just staying on top of your health. And when something is that severe pain-wise, go get it checked out. Mm -hmm. You never know what it could be. And I'm just really grateful that, you know, I got there before it was too late. Yeah, and also, you know, going through something like that, on the other side of it, your perspective on life, different, right? Yeah, I will say there, <laughs> there are moments where I'm like, okay, I'm definitely supposed to be here. <laughs> I feel like that's been solidified. Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel more, you know, motivated to try to figure out what exactly, what is it that I'm here for? Like, I feel like this was such an eye-opener that I want to make sure that I do the most that I can with the days that I've been given. I was already a really positive person anyway, but this really kind of kicked me into high gear as far as like making sure that I try to use this platform that I've been given to, you know, for the better good, to get a message out, like whatever it is, I want to just try to do the most that I can because I feel like I've been given a second chance at life and it would be really unfortunate if I just like, you know, let that go to waste. So that's motivating, but also feels like a lot of pressure on myself at the same time, whilst trying to heal and try to make up for the time, trying to make up for the time that I lost over the summer. It was like a chunk of my summer just went away. The kids were still in school when I got admitted into the hospital. They got out of school about a week into my stay, and then I got out and like, they're back at school and everything, it's like, a big chunk of my life just like went away. And so I've been just trying to play catch up and it's been a really strange summer. <laughs> and probably also processing what happened 
because even just hearing you say that, it wasn't just one time that you almost died, it was multiple times that you almost died. Yeah, there was a couple times. I mean, there was, the blood transfusion was one, the surgery that was supposed to be between two and four hours, that ended up being six hours. Um, I was supposed to get discharged at one point, and in the middle of the night, I spiked a fever of 105. My uh, blood pressure dropped, my heart rate, you know, went through the roof. Like there was, and at the time, I was just sort of going through the motions and, you know, doing whatever they told me to do to stay in a positive um, headspace. But then afterwards, yeah, just hearing like all the stories, like there were multiple people that came to visit me in the hospital that I don't remember being there. I was like, wait, I thought we just FaceTimed. <laughs> and it was just like sort of all a blur. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, so now um, on the other side of this, there's some positivity, some new love in your life <laughs> that showed up, right? Yeah. When you yeah. least expect it, you said. Yeah. Yeah, tell us about him. Ooh, that's a, that's a doozy. <laughs> um, so yeah, David, we, we met before I went into the hospital. We had a couple of dates mm. um, and then he went out of town. We sort of went our separate ways um, for different reasons, nothing negative. By the time he got back into town, I had already been admitted into the hospital. So it was kind of like he showed up, he hit me up. I was like, oh, actually, I'm in the hospital. He came and basically just never left my side. So he was exactly what I needed at the time for like comfort, support. I didn't realize how lonely. I mean, it would have been a really lonely stint. Um, but he was definitely a positive light and just a really big support system while I was in the hospital. So it was a strange place to fall in love, but. <laughs> but yeah. also really special and very meaningful to have somebody show up for you at your lowest point. Right. And love you despite right. that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I definitely wasn't, you know, glammed and looking at <laughs> my best yeah, yeah, yeah. all of my days there. So yes, he um, fell in love with a totally different version of me, which was refreshing because obviously, you know, that's not what it was all about. And we had long talks in the hospital, many, you know, there's not much to do except for walk to the vending machine maybe and have whatever movies are on uh, pay-per-view in the hospital, mm -hmm. no super romantic dinners from the hospital cafeteria food. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we got to know each other on a very deep level um, in that 31 days. Something else I know that came out of this moment in your life of being in the hospital was a reconciliation with Chriselle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that had, I want to continue to say that has nothing to do with like, you know, exactly what was going on. <laughs> Don't want to be like, oh, I almost died. So can mm. we be friends again? <laughs> That's definitely not how it went down. It's just one of those things where, you know, all the petty nonsense that we sometimes get wrapped up in on Selling Sunset, the, you know, nonsense drama, it really puts that in per into perspective. And I just wanted to make sure that, it, well, she reached out to me when I was in the hospital, it meant a lot. And it just, you know, I've mended uh, not a lot of friendships, like not that I had a lot of friendships that had fallen to pieces, but just, made sure that people know that you love them. If there's been any sort of drama in the past, just sort of squashing it because life is so short and so unexpected and yeah. But it's it's nice to have her back as a friend. Um, it's really 
kind of like no time has mm. passed and we both have moved on in a really positive way. So I'm grateful for that. So y'all are good now. Yeah, we're good. This upcoming season of Selling Sunset, will we see <laughs> yes. why there yes. was this riff? Yes, you will. And we both have spoken about that. Like when we go to the reunion and we have to rehash this, we're not walking away that day upset again. Like we've, we've buried the hatch, um, the hatch, the hatchet. <laughs> we've buried the hatchet and we've moved on and I'm just grateful to have her back in my life as my friend. She was a dear friend. It's just, it almost seems so petty now, mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, honestly it was in the grand scheme of things. I'm, yeah happy to be was it a work-related thing was it a personal thing it was a work-related thing and then you know we made up and then some other things happened like behind the scenes that sort of like carried on um and I, it's I don't, you'll see, we'll see. <laughs> you'll see yeah 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 what else are we gonna see on season seven um let's see we go to cabo that's a nice little destination filming week um more amazing real estate Obviously the outfits and the hairdos and the makeup and all that is always on point. And I think I really find my voice this season. I've seen, um, you know, the screeners and I'm like, oh, I had a lot to say. I didn't realize. <laughs> so I'm not just so level-headed Amanda, which obviously Chriselle and I have our little beef, um, unfortunately, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much. Is that scary to be in this new space where you're utilizing your voice in a different way than you have in the past? Oh yeah, I usually get like really nice comments and a lot of like mm. positive fan interaction and I'm fully expecting that that could change. Mm -hmm. Because we've all also been on for so many seasons, we have our own kind of groups of fans that are really strong, like, you know, Chriselle's fans really love Chriselle. My fans really love me, so if there's any, drama between you know two people the other person's fans will just come guns a blazing <laughs> yeah thank you. yeah it's emotional thank, thank you. you the new season of selling sunset debuts on netflix on november 3rd that's all we've got for you today everybody thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of extra the podcast be sure to listen and follow on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast we'll see you next time